Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. This morning, I am bringing to you a word. I believe you read this morning's um, fasting bulletin. That is the um, food for thought. You went through the prayer point. You understand that this is the direction of the spirit for the entire fast, actually. Amen. Because for the theme of the fast for these seven days has been the presence of God. The presence of God. We are entering into a new year. But more than that, we are entering into a new decade. Amen. And as with anyone who is embarking on a journey, you either have a roadmap, or in these modern days, you have a sat-nav, or no, a location map or something. But in the things of the future, in the things of the spirit, who has a location map? And who has a sat-nav? Or who has... A, a written map. Nobody. But the one who ordained time, the one who is the author of time and the keeper of time, he knows the days and he knows the times and he knows the seasons ahead of us. Many people at the end of the year, especially 31st December, after not going to church for the whole year or going as and when, will suddenly, you know, appear in church, and they'll pray fervently, pray and pray and pray and pray. Why? Mostly out of fear, mostly out of anxiety, because they don't know what the year ahead is bringing. Amen. But I'm glad to tell you this morning that our God, he knows the future, because he planned the future. He is before time. He is not, you know, um, controlled by time. He's not in time. He's timeless. And that's why he's called the ancient of days. Hallelujah. And so he knows the set times and seasons ahead of us. And so it is in wisdom that we come into fellowship with him and be filled even more by his spirit. As I said in the prayer, when Jesus was leaving the earth, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And the promise of the spirit from the book of Joel, Jesus, you know, spoke about it, that it will come to pass, that the spirit of the Lord will be poured upon all flesh. And truly, the spirit of God today indwells us, indwells man. Amen. And Bible says, who knows the mind of a man more than his spirit? In the same way, no one knows the mind of God except his spirit. Amen. That is within him. And everything that is in God has its deposit in the spirit of God. So when we have been filled with the spirit of God, it is then that the spirit will reveal to us the mind of God. It is then that we will know and have within our hands and within our hearts and within our spirits the map, the blueprint for the year 2020. Amen. So the, the, the theme of the fast has been the presence of of God. Amen. And today I'm ministering a word I've titled Paul's Prayer for the Church. Paul's Prayer for the Church. Ephesians chapter 3, the verse 14 to 19. Open your Bible. I'm so happy that our whatever, whatever um, is crashed because I realize that most of you don't even possess Bibles. Your Bible is locked somewhere in a cupboard in your house, but this will force you. In fact, I'm inclined to hold on till I see everybody has a Bible. So, Lift up your Bible, way up. I didn't say your phone, I said your Bible. <coughs> if you have an iPad, you can lift it too. Udu, amen. Praise the Lord. Now open to Ephesians 3. Amen. Let's, let's practice, you know, a Bible habit. Buy a Bible. Even if you have an iPad, have a Bible. Don't, in fact, reading your Bible on the phone in church is a no-no. Because the WhatsApp pop-ups will be coming. Put your phone in your bag and put it off. 
Ephesians, the third chapter, the verse 14 to 19. Bible says, for this reason, that's a prayer that Paul prayed. He said, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. I mean, for the NIV. From whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being or in your inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. <coughs> that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, and he was expressing his desire, a prayer that he prayed for the church in Ephesus, as well as all God's people. So this prayer applies to us, to all the faithful in Christ, which includes you and I. Amen. Now, this is a known prayer of the faithful in Christ. And it's been said, you know, in the early church, even till now. And this prayer that Paul prayed was very important to the church that he was writing to. Paul at this time was in prison and he couldn't go bodily to the churches, but he wrote letters and this particular letter was significant because the, the city of Ephesus was a city, you know, a, a, like a merchant city. One of the key things in that city, you know, being a commercial poor city, was um, silversmith, the work of silversmith. And they made idols and they made little, little artifacts of idols, and the famous uh, temple of the goddess Diana was in Ephesus, which is now in modern-day Turkey. And this is some of the things that really, you know, uh, I don't use the word frightened me, but really should alert us as believers that a place like Ephesus, which was filled with the Spirit of God, you know, Christians, today is a Muslim stronghold. You understand? So if we do not take our place firmly, only, you know, um, the future will tell. But I pray God that he who said that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it will stand with us and for us as we stand with him. All right. So in, in the city, there was much idol worship and many ideas of, of thinking. And so living in a city like that as a Christian must have been very challenging which means that sometimes you are prone to be filled with other things, go after other things, as it is today. Amen? There are so many things that draw us, call our attention, and so many ways, so many different doctrines that come up every day, which people, out of lack of knowledge, will follow. But Paul had uh, an antidote for that, that if the people, the Christians in Ephesus, would be kept secure, in their faith, then there was the necessity that they would be filled with the fullness of God, the fullness of Christ. Amen. So he was driven by his desire that the people of God should know God. Amen. And be filled with the fullness of God. You know, when you have a cup or a glass and it is half full, there is an empty space for something else to be able to fill. But when you have a glass that is full, there is no room for anything else to be added to it. And that is you. That is your, your, your life, your spirit, your soul, and your body. If you are totally and completely filled up with the Holy Spirit, it will be difficult for any other spirit, for any contrary spirit, to find a home or a place in your life. Amen. So he said that he bows his knees and this was, you know, a, a strong desire on his heart. He said he prayed that God will grant us according to the riches of his glory. Number one, that we should be spiritually strong with all power in our inner man. He said he prays that we should be spiritually strong with his power in our inner man. Now, your inner man is your soul. I keep on telling you that every human being you comprise of, you are a spirit primarily, yeah? And then you have a soul and you dwell in a body. Your inner man is the real you, your human spirit. Amen. 
And it is by our spirits that we connect with God. It is not by our body. We connect with God through our spirits. The soul, on the other hand, is open to the things of the world. That is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So depending on what enters into your mind, which gives you, you know, um, a certain feeling and a certain will, the soul can be a place of deception. Because something can enter into your mind, an idea can enter into your mind, a certain information can enter into your mind, and then it picks up a desire in you, and then the emotions follow. And so it is in the soul that we battle. The battleground of the enemy is within our souls. Amen. That is why it's so important to guard our soul. Amen. Because anything that the enemy wants to project into your spirit, he projects into your soul. The mind, your eyes, your ears are gates into your mind. What you see affects you. What you hear affects you. Amen. The five senses affects you. And so the soul is a battleground. It contains your intellect. So people think intellectually. And when you are so intellectually bound, you become no spiritual good. Because everything, you have to reason it out. And that is a place where a lot of, excuse me to say, um, intellectual people find a lot of difficulty. Because they'll say, oh, how can it be? It doesn't, it mathematically, it doesn't you know, add up. You know, and all kinds of scientifically, it doesn't make sense. So it never makes sense to them until there's a fullness of the spirit within them. Then they begin to see that apart from the intellectual realm and the scientific, you know, um, position, there's a spiritual realm that science cannot define, that mathematics cannot define. But within that spiritual realm, we see science. And we see mathematics too. Are you understanding me? Give the Lord a big clap offering. And so most of the control of the things we do, the things that we desire, comes from our souls. And it's a battleground between the forces of Satan and the spirit of God. And to whomever you yield to, that is the one that has dominance over your life. The force of Satan works with the flesh. That is the body. And the spirit of God works through your spirit. So Paul's prayer that they be filled with the Holy Spirit in their spirits was apt. Because if you are so full of the Holy Spirit within your spirit, and your spirit begins to control your soul and your body, then there's perfection. But when you are bodily conscious, and your soul dictates to your body, as it is today, if it feels good, do it. It's my life. I can do whatever I want with it. Yes, you can. Nobody will stop you. But the repercussions thereof is for you also. So Paul prayed that our inner man, which is our human spirit, should be strong. It's the strength of your spirit, Bible says, that will keep you in the day of adversity. In the day of trouble, it is not how powerful your muscles are. Even though it's good to have muscles. You know, but you can win physical battles with muscles. But you cannot win spiritual battles with physical human muscles. You need spiritual muscles to handle spiritual matters. Amen. So your inner man ought to be strong with the power that comes from the Spirit of God. The power of the Holy Spirit will take control over your mind and thereby take over your body and take absolute control over your life. If you go to Ephesians chapter 6, Paul enumerates the different things that we, we, we have to deal with in, in spiritual warfare. He says, finally, my brethren, again, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the devil's wills. For our battle or our wrestling is not against flesh and blood. It's not a fight that you have with your brother or your sister. Amen. It's against the rulers, the authorities, demonic authorities, powers of darkness in the world, and spiritual forces that are released against our lives. Evil powers in heavenly realms. And so sometimes when you are busy fighting human beings, you are making a mistake. You have to deal with the spirit that is within them. 
Amen. And when you deal with the spirit that's within them, you render them ineffective and powerless. Amen. He says that, be strong in your inner man. Receive spiritual strength. So that when the evil day comes, and the evil day will by all means come, <laughs> you may be able to stand. And having done all, having gone through every battle, still be able to stand. There's a stand firm, therefore, with a belt of truth around your waist. Amen. And God's word is the truth. Amen. So you have to have God's word as a buckler, as a belt around you. And let the truth be in your mouth and within you also. Amen. And he said, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Your heart area should be covered with righteousness. You think right, live right, act right, be right. Amen. Breastplate. Why? Because you see, but Jesus said, out of the heart comes out the issues of life and death. It's not what you eat that poisons you. It's what comes from your heart. So he said, put on the breastplate of righteousness so your heart can be kept secure and safe. Amen. And he said, and let your feet be short, short with the preach of the gospel of peace. Put on your evangelistic shoes, which should be shoes of peace. So the believer should be the author of peace and not of strife or trouble. Amen. And he said, and take on the shield of faith wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked. You know, a, a shield is used to ward off a weapon or an attack. And he said the shield that we ought to carry as believers is a shield of faith. Now, as I'm going through all these pieces of the, spirit, the Christian spiritual armor, you realize that it is all spiritual. But then to make it easy for us to stand, the Apostle Paul puts it in a light, the light of physical things so that we may have a clear understanding. Amen. So take up the shield of faith wherewith you're able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked. Amen. And take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. A spiritual armor, not a physical one. Amen. Because you see, the fight, the wrestle of this life is not against flesh and blood. Paul kept on telling people, he told Timothy, that Timothy, be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. So every time he would say be strong, he didn't say be strong in yourself, be strong in what you have, be strong in your physical physique. He said be strong in Christ. Our strength as believers comes from Christ. Hallelujah. When our inner man is strong, you realize that it is easy to obey God. It's very difficult to obey God when your, your spirit is weak. Because when your spirit is weak, you are prone to, to, to the dictates of everything that comes your way. Any wind of doctrine can just blow you. Anything can just you know, push you down. Because you lack strength in your inner man. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and he says that we should come to this by renewing our mind with the word of God. So we don't conform to the things of this world. It's not the things of this world that will strengthen your spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he prayed that if the Holy Spirit indwells us and when he comes upon us, Christ will indwell us. We will have Christ living in us by faith. Because we've been saved through faith. And we've been saved by Christ. His indwelling presence in our lives you know, brings a manifestation of Christ. The church... Was, or the, the disciples were called Christians in Antioch because they, the people realized that these people, they, 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 they resemble Christ. Their love nature, the nature of their, their hearts, how they love, their unity, their togetherness, you know, the power of God being released through them as they healed people, you know, thought, they said, ah, we see Christ in them. So they called them Christians. Don't just bear the name, I'm a Christian. Christ must dwell in you. And Christ must be manifest through your life. People should see you and see Christ. Are we together today? Amen. You should exude Christ. Amen. Don't exude other things. And then when you put on your Christian cap, you are trying to, you know, no. It doesn't work. Amen. Paul says above all in the prayer that he wants us to be rooted and grounded in love. The love that Paul is talking about is the God kind of love. Amen. 
You see, it, it is that love that doesn't bear record of wrong. Amen? It is that love that God saw us in our sin, but yet loved us enough to send his son to die for us. Bible says, perchance for a righteous man, one would die. But God commended his love towards us, that whilst we were yet sinners in our sin, Christ came to die for us. That is pure love. Amen. And we are called upon to manifest and show this love to others. But how can we show love to others when we are not rooted and grounded in love? It takes a lot to love unlovable people or an unlovable person. Some people are just plain unlovable. Not because they want to be unlovable. Because sometimes they've been through issues that have made them unlovable. Some people are also just unlovable because they have imbibed the nature of the devil. But even that, God says we ought to love them. Amen. But how can you love with that kind of love? Because the kind of love we understand is the judgmental love. You love me, I love you. You don't love me, I don't love you. You look like me, I love you. You don't look like me, I don't love you. You are not perfect, I don't love you. Some people say, you are not of the same class, I don't love you. Who marked the classes in the world? Hello? The love of God loves everyone. So for God so loved the world, rich or poor, blind or seeing, crippled or walking. I mean, whatever, whoever, God loves everyone. The love of God compasses all. God doesn't love our sin, but as for loving you, God loves you. Oh, your amen is weak. So this is a kind of love that will enable us to want to please God. You see, when you love God, when the love of God is within you and you are rooted and grounded in his love, the last thing you want to do is to, you know, upset the balance of your relationship. Because you so love God. In fact, to be able to forgive certain things for certain people, it takes the love of God. Because if you don't love God enough, oh, come on, after all what? But because you love God, and you don't want to upset God because God says I forgive. So you choose to forgive because of the love of God. So we must be rooted and grounded in love. Amen. We must be rooted and grounded in love. And it can only come about when we are filled with the fullness of the spirit of God. Who is the spirit of love. The spirit of power. And the spirit of a sound mind. Somebody can you clap your hands onto the Lord. When you are filled with the spirit of God, it is then that there's the, the, the infilling of spiritual gifts. The apostle Paul said that, I, I yearn to come to you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts in order to strengthen you, not physically, strengthen you in your inner man and to establish you. He said, I yearn to come to you that I may impart unto you some physical gifts spiritual gifts, that you may be strengthened and you may be established. Amen. Your, your establishment, your being rooted down in the faith calls for an infilling and a fullness of Christ. Not halfway. Some are half-filled. You know, some are quarter-filled. So don't be surprised when they begin to do certain things because they are just not full. But if you are truly filled with the fullness of Christ, it is obvious. Christ comes out of you. You smell of Christ. You exude Christ. Your behavior, your actions. Because your thought itself is being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved, we, we, also, we should understand what the fullness of Christ is. We, we should understand who he is so that we can better understand who we have become. Because he's in us. Amen. We, we will have dominion and power if we understand the power of Christ. And understand that if he is in us, then that same dominion and power that he has is also within us. Amen. 
within Christ, Bible says, dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwells within him. Amen. And so there's the fullness of power, the fullness of authority in Christ Jesus. So when you are filled with the spirit of Christ, then you have received power, you have received dominion and authority. Praise the Lord. You can say you know Christ, yes, but are you filled with Christ? There's a difference. You can say, I know about, some know about Christ. You know, and that is why sometimes just reading the Bible without living it doesn't really bring any change to you. And that's why a lot of us do. We read the Bible, but we do not live the Bible. We read the word, but we don't live the word. Jesus said, these words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spirit and it is life. It brings life. Amen. So if the spirit of the word dwells in you, you have received the life of Christ. And it will manifest in your life. In your personal you know, attitude, mindset, character, behavior. And it also manifests through your life. In spiritual giftings, in power, in authority over the works of darkness. It brings to you victory. If that's what makes you an overcomer. So when you say that greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world, you know what you are talking about. Because you know that Christ indeed dwells within you. Not partially, but in his fullness. So you can say greater is he, Christ, that is in me, than he that is in the world. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. One day Jesus asked his disciples a question. He said, who do men say that I am? And... Some said, oh, they say you are Elijah. Some say, oh, you say we are one of the prophets who have come back. But Peter had a word to say. He said that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, listen, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. <coughs> and he said to him, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. He didn't say he was going to build the church on Peter. It's upon the revelation that you've had that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will never prevail against it. What I'm saying is that you see, Peter had a revelation of who Christ is. That was different from what the others had. The others were saying, some say, Others say, listen, your life must move from what others say to what revelation you have. What is your personal revelation about Christ? That is what will carry you. Because if you don't have a personal revelation, you will not have a personal conviction. You can never be convicted about anything you don't have a revelation in. You can never die for something you are not sure about. You can never sacrifice all for something you are not sure about. But when you have come to the place of revelation, you've come to the place of understanding who the Christ is and who he is to you and in you, you have no shadow of doubt. You will not doubt him. You will not be afraid in life. No, come what may. You will know in your knower and you will know that you know that you know that he that is in you Truly is greater than he that is in the world. Your life will not be dictated by other things. Your desire will not be more for other things than for him. Amen. So we must come to an, an understanding of who Christ is. Amen. Anyone who knows or who has a personal revelation of who Christ is becomes an overcomer. You become an overcomer. Amen. The challenges of your life will not stop you from moving forward. Amen. Sometimes I see, you know, um, excerpts of, you know, documentaries or things about people who have um, um, disabilities, but yet are moving on with life. You know, one time I saw a lady, she had, I think she didn't have any legs, she has two hands, and um, she, 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 she's married with two kids, drives around in a wheelchair, one for going out, her car is specially made, she has one also that she uses for cooking in the house, 
you know, she has a strategy for bathing her children. Her husband helps, of course. And I said, what? Look at this woman. She has no legs. Somebody too doesn't have maybe just one leg. But yet they are lying down, wallowing in self-pity. Can't do anything. Maybe they are lying by the street begging. But you see something? She has a personal revelation that legs or no legs, she will live her full life. And she's living it. We must also have a personal revelation about Christ. That no matter what our situation is, no matter what our circumstance is, we will live for Christ. Are, are you understanding me? Give the Lord a clap offering. We will move forward. Amen. We will overcome every adversity. Because I often talk about adversity because that is what I know. <laughs> Best. That life is full of adversity. But you see, adversity should not stop you. Because the one who is resident in you has overcome all adversity. And if only you care to know him, to seek him, he will show you the way. He will make way for you. Are you understanding me? Tell somebody you are an overcomer. Another person you are an overcomer. We should also know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. Understand the love of Christ for our lives. You see, one of the greatest deceptions of the enemy is that God doesn't care. God doesn't care. And oftentimes people will say, God, can't you hear me? God, don't you see? And what is God doing? And I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. It's a deception of the enemy. You know, life's situations and the things that the enemy will bring to your life has only one purpose, to separate you from God. Sometimes when a prayer request has been put, you know, in on the altar of prayer, and it's two years, three years, four years, and you're not seeing any headway, not seeing any breakthrough, you begin to question, if God really loves me, why is all this happening? If God really cares, amen, why is all these things, you know, happening? Why are they happening in my life? But Paul, because he had a revelation about Christ, and he understood the love of Christ for him, which passes all knowledge. He said, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? What at all can separate us from the love that Christ has for us? He said, shall trouble or trial, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? What can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Amen. Nothing. He said, it is written that indeed we are killed all day long. <laughs> we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But he says, but nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all things, we are more than conquerors through whom, him who loved us and gave his life for us. So nothing should separate you from the love of God. So I'll stop going to church because I'm just tired. I'm just fed up. God doesn't. Okay. But you know something? The further you get away from God, the closer you get to the enemy. Your salvation comes from God. Amen. Your deliverance comes from God. And God alone. Trouble should not separate you in your mind and in your deeds from the love of God. Amen. He said nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. But until you come to the place of understanding how God loves you, how Jesus loves you, and believing it and receiving it, you always walk in doubt. Amen. That is why the apostle prayed that you must be filled with the fullness of God. Amen. The fullness, not part, not some. Beloved, we are entering into a new decade. And my heart's desire and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit within me is to lead you to a place of really taking in the fullness of Christ. You see, we, we are not raising um, Christians. Otherwise, we should stop and go and find something to sell. It will be more beneficial. Beneficial. You understand? I don't want to stand before God and then he says, what did you do with this one? And begins to question me about you. No. 
I want to stand before him. And whether you are two or three who made it, you tell me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Are you understanding me? The business of the church is to bring you to the place of the fullness of God. Amen. That Christ would dwell in you by faith. That you be filled totally with him. Amen. That is the work that we have in this house. You came in maybe empty. You came in maybe half full. You came in maybe full of other things. But gradually, step by step, day by day, service by service, these things are being taken out. And you are being filled. You are being filled. You are being filled. Until you come to a day in your life and you look at yourself and you wonder, where did my jealousy go? Where did my anger go? Where is that spirit of lust that used to control me so much? I didn't even know what to do. Where is it gone? It's gone. Because the spirit of God has taken over. Amen. But you see, we must come to the place of being yielded. I always say the Holy Spirit, he's, he's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. And I always also say that the Holy Spirit comes with a noise, but he lives silently. You read the Bible and see, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, he came with a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. Ooh, 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 ooh. Noise. But when he leaves, silent. Samson was so mighty and strong. His strength was not because of his muscles. His strength was not really because of his hair. The hair that was long was not his strength. The reality is that you see, he had taken, he, he, he was called by God to be a Nazarite. That means that dedicated unto God. And the vow of the Nazarite and the obedience to the vow is that you don't cut your hair, you don't go near dead bodies, you don't drink strong drink. I think that's these three. Some of us will find it very difficult to follow. Especially when it comes to the strong drink one. Or say, somebody once said, uh, a lady of mine, <laughs> she used to say, oh, nature, then Christopher And she was making reference to the communion. <laughs> I used to laugh. So I didn't make her. But you see, the word of God says that we should not be filled with wine wherein there's excess, but be filled with the spirit. Don't be filled with other things. Amen. Wherein there's excess. You see, because within your spirit, or your spirit without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, is, is open and you know, easily influenced by any spirit. So you realize that you, you lack self-control. And the Bible says anyone that lacks self-control in life is like a city broken down and without walls. See, if you see a city that is broken down without walls, in Accra, it doesn't really... But you go to a village, see how you planted your nice contemporary there, cocoa yam with contemporary flourishing. And some disrespectful goats will just come in the morning and just before you know, oh, it's gone. Your cabbage is gone. Very disrespectful. And the chickens too will come and ch -ch 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 -ch. a city broken down and without walls. Without a wall around you. Anything enters and anything happens. But when the Holy Spirit indwells you fully, your spirit man is strong. Your spirit has self-control. Your spirit has power. Your spirit is full of faith, not fear. You, your spirit is revived every day, in love with Jesus, strong in the Lord. How easy will it be for any disrespectful demon to decide one morning that they want to come and eat your grass? How easy will it be? Listen, if there's anything that we should desire for 2020, it's the fullness of the Spirit. For He will lead us, He will guide us, He will teach us, He will help us, 
Amen. He will empower us. Praise the Lord. And so this morning, beloved, I call you to a place of yearning and desiring and calling upon the Holy Spirit. Fill me. Fill me till I overflow. We don't want half. You know, like this glass. It's not quite half. It's over half, but it's not. There's no overflow. But if I were to take a bottle of Vortec, and I'm not advertising for Vortec, and I'd be Belacqua. Which other one? Mineral water. And I begin to pour. And I'm pouring. The more I pour, then it begins to cascade down, begins to overflow. See, and it is when you have come to the place of the overflow that your life can affect somebody else. Whilst you are not overflowing, it's you. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, it begins to overflow. And then the whole table gets wet, goes down to the carpet, keep on pouring, it extends, and it extends, and it extends. And the more it flows, the more lives are affected, and the fragrance of Christ be made manifest, and the life of Christ be manifested through you. Hallelujah. We pray this morning that on this seventh day and the last day of our fast, according to the theme that we have for the fast, the presence of God, that we should be filled, desire to be filled, and that we should be filled with the fullness of Christ. For the past seven days, I've sent you different scriptures and different food for thought on just the presence of God. Without the presence of God, you can't make it. Without him, you, you even lack direction and wisdom. But God is so good. He doesn't want our lives to be without direction. He doesn't want our labor to be fruitless. He doesn't want our lives to go you know, askew. He doesn't. What he wants is that it may be well with you. Amen. God wants it to be well with you. And his spirit is that compass within us that will help us. May God bless us all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Fill me, Lord, till I overflow. I want to go over. I want to run over. Fill me, Lord, till I overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. Make it your prayer this morning. Till I overflow, I wanna run over. I wanna run over. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Till I overflow, I wanna run over. I wanna run over. Fill me. This morning and sing unto the Lord. It is a prayer. Your fruitless life will become fruitful. If you have lack peace, His Spirit brings peace. If you lack joy, His Spirit brings joy. Talk to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, fill me, fill me afresh. I need a fresh infilling of your spirit, not in measure, but without measure. Bible talks about Jesus, that he was filled with the anointing, and the anointing is the enabling power of God that comes through his spirit. So he was filled with the anointing without measure. You are praying that Lord fill me, let your fullness. Ah, fill me, Lord. Let me be filled with your fullness. Pray. Everybody, pray for yourself. Pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of Christ within you. His joy. His strength. 
his peace, his gifts, his fruits. We want it all. I want to over. I want to run. Pray for yourself this morning. Fill me up till I overflow. I want to run. up your voice. I can't hear you praying. Pray. Holy Spirit of God. More than ever before I need you. Talk to him. Lord, I'm entering into a new decade. Without you, I can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. You are all wisdom. You are all knowledge. I need wisdom for this journey. Of the next 10 years, if Jesus tarries, I need your help, oh God. You are my helper. Lift up your voice and pray this morning, church. We've been fasting and praying. Surely there will be an answer. I need you. More of you, Lord, and less of me. Somebody pray. Give up the self that he may fill you. Make room. Make room in your life. Your mind, your soul, without the strength and the influence of the Holy Spirit through your spirit will lead you astray. By his fullness, his fullness will bring you knowledge, will bring you understanding, will bring you direction. I will cause you to walk in paths of righteousness. Pray. Spirit of God, call upon him. I need you, Lord. He is the strength of our life and our God. Bible says, without him we can do nothing. But with him all things are possible. Fill us, Lord. The disciples prayed and said, The Lord. Fill us with your spirit. The signs and wonders and miracles may be done through the holy name of your son Jesus. And the Bible says one more time, the place where they dwelled, where they were praying was shaken as the Holy Spirit came afresh upon them. This morning, Lord, we need a fresh infilling. Yesterday's oil is rancid. We need fresh oil. Pray, somebody. Spirit of God. Yesterday's oil is rancid. We need fresh oil. For the next decade, beginning the year 2020, we need fresh oil. We need renewed strength. Pray, somebody. Comes by the Spirit. The battles ahead of you will need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the grace of God. That enabling power that comes from His Spirit for you to overcome. We need you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. This morning I pray and I release a fresh baptism of the Spirit upon your lives. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Receive a fresh infilling. Now in the name of Jesus. 
Be filled afresh. Be filled with the fullness of God. Receive a fresh anointing. For new exploits. Fresh anointing. For a new beginning. In the name of Jesus. May the weakness of yesterday and yesteryear give way. To the strength of today. In the name of Jesus by his spirit. May the confusion and the strife of yesterday give way to the power of his spirit as he fills you with overcoming power. Somebody receive the fullness of the spirit. May fear give way to courage and boldness. In the name of Jesus, may there be a mind change. May the controlling power of the enemy in your mind that causes your life to be held in bondage that you can't be who God has ordained you to be. Neither are you able to do the things that God wants you to do. May they all be subdued by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, fill your people. Fill us afresh. Do a new thing in our lives, oh God. Perfect our lives according to the perfection that is in you, Spirit of God. This morning, Father, I commit every life in this place into your hands. And I pray the Lord indwell them mightily. Strengthen them by your spirit, Lord, in their inner man. Cause them to rise above, my God, the challenges of this life. Rise above temptations. Rise above, my God, the battles. Rise above, oh God. I pray that, Lord, your strength becomes the strength of your people. Their weakness gives way to your strength. And by your strength, your people, my God, will overcome, will prevail, and will fulfill the destiny that, Lord, you have mapped out and ordained for them even before they came into being. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.